When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 362 of the Big Show. It's an enforcer-based podcast and coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, it's the power of editing, folks, as you're listening to this. What is this? February 21st, the Wednesday. I am currently sitting in Sin City, Las Vegas, rocking and rolling. Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet, and we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Well, hopefully that's not how it's going, but, uh, you, well, you never know. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you updated on social media. Follow me on Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, and on, uh, well, YouTube, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll just be on the, the edge of your seat for with my Vegas vacation updates. But uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm doing well. Um, I'm actually recording this Saturday night. Obviously, before we leave, it is ten o'clock, and um, I've recorded a couple episodes today. Actually, recorded tomorrow Sunday episode. And I'm recording this Wednesday one. I was, I'm, I'm gonna get cocky and say tomorrow I will do another episode. So that will be the, what is it, the 28th, the following Wednesday after that, because I'll still be in Vegas. But we'll see. That, that might be, I'm also running out of topics, you know. Um, although this one, I will say, this episode here, I did come up. Um, I'm, I'm breaking it back. I'm breaking it out. We're bringing it back, I guess I should say. Um, the player spotlight, and uh, it is, it's been a while since I've done one of these. And uh, today's player spotlight will be on Big Bill Heward, and uh, I, I had a lot of fun actually. Um, it was the other day. I was going to do this on whatever I can't remember what episode it was, um, but I was going to do a player spot on the Heward spotlight. So I had gone down the rabbit hole, um, checking out his stuff on YouTube. And uh, a lot of the stuff I had already seen, obviously, but um, some of it I hadn't. And it was, uh, it was, man, he's strong, man. He had solid, yeah. But we'll get into all that. Um, but it was, it was fun to go down. I, I've, I've said, always said that with the player spotlights. I should do more of these because I, I always enjoy. Um, I've, I've enjoyed doing all of them, and uh, you know, and it's not like oh Bob Probert or Craig Berube spotlight. You know, I mean, uh, you know. 
Um, it's sort of the kind of the lesser known guys, maybe guys that didn't play for long NHL careers have kind of, um, some of the ones that I've done. Um, I know I did Rocky and I mean, whatever I, there, it's escaping me who all I've done, but, um, I, I know, um, I've gotten quite, I've gotten feedback on that people enjoyed them. So, um, yeah, so I figured I would bring that one back. I mean, I know on Sunday's episode I did, well, Sunday's episode, I feel, didn't I just record that? Um, we did, I did a list, so I was trying to kind of mix things up. But, uh, seeing, also, but seeing as that I'm in Vegas, um, I'm going to give you guys a little Las Vegas hockey history that you might not know about. We're going to go back and look at some of that. And, uh, I got some trivia questions for you. They might be easy questions, but I saw them on a site, so I figured I would, I, I'd throw them at you guys. And, um, yeah, and then we'll get into the, uh, the, uh, Bill Heward player spotlight. We'll kind of run down just as NHL fights, um, which there were, uh, 73 of them. So, uh, not that I'm going to go through punch by punch detail on all 73. I picked out the bright spots. We'll put it that way. So, um, but, uh, you know, as I always say at the start of the show, I have to, uh, I gotta say, I gotta mention, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 100 shows in the network. Uh, myself, Terry Ryan, uh, Jolton Joel Azito at the Coliseum Chronicles, Alec at the Five for Fighting Podcast, Jordan at Five in a Game. We're over on the, on the, uh, original content creator side. <clears throat> yes, they, uh, stick us over in the corner. And, uh, yes, so check out Joe's, uh, episode. He's, uh, he's just, uh, finished, or I don't, shouldn't say he's finished. He's, uh, interviewing, uh, Steve McLaren, Stone Cold Steve McLaren, one of my favorite minor league tough guys of all time. And, uh, actually I noticed on Bill Heward's fight card, he has a fight with McLaren. Uh, that would be something to see. Heward McLaren. Oof. Um, but yes, check that out. And, uh, I know Alec is in the process of, he has just moved to Tennessee and he's found, finding work and everything else. So he's, he's on hold right now. And same with Jordan, but, uh, you know, TR and I are the, are the ones trekking on here and Jolt and Joe. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep, we'll fly the, we'll fly the, uh, hockey podcast banner here. And, uh, yes, I'm, I'm wearing it in Vegas. Here we go. I'm, I'm, uh, I have, well, obviously as I'm recording this, I haven't left for Vegas yet, but I will, I do have a five for fighting podcast hat, um, that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wear that. I'll, I'll wear it down on Fremont Street. That'll fit in. I mean, that might get me a free bowl of soup, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it to Vegas with me. Hopefully it can bring me luck. So, um, but yes, how about we get into this? I got hockey cards. I opened up a pack of score on the last episode. This is a pack of 9192 Pro Set. So here we go. Good old Pro Set. Ugh. There we go. Who do we got in the th- Scott Pearson? There you go from the yeah rock rocking the old uh, the blue and white chimo. Remember the chimo hockey sticks? Yeah, I, uh, I I I got I had one of those. Scott Pearson. I always like Scott Pearson. Vancouver Robert Cron, Doug Brown, Phil Housley. Phil Housley, what a player, Hall of Famer. Mike Ricci. Rich Sutter of the famous Sutter family. Well, Doug Huda, there you go. Salty Doug Huda, Tom Curvers, Chris Terreri, Rod the Bod Brindamore. 
Pierre Turgeon. Mark Messier, all-star card. Guy Lafleur, all-star card. Of course, he had played for the Quebec Nordiques at that point. And there you go. And then a heritage card of Terry Sawchuk. There we go. Classic pro set. I don't think we need to keep any of those. Lack of the lack of toughness in that one. I saw on Twitter just before I got going that uh, Toronto's laying the beats to Anaheim and uh, Reeves and Ross Johnson and Radic Gudis and all them are a lot of talk, no action. I don't know if there was ever any fights, but Reeves is trying. But uh, yeah, yeah. They need one. They need one. But, uh, now nah, what are you going to do? Uh, trivia, folks. Well, I, I, I came across, um, it was a site that had a bunch of this stuff on there. And, um, I think I had mentioned, yeah, I, I might have been my, a couple episodes back with the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, when I was talking about Paul Baxter. Um, well, I just gave away the answer. Oh, that's a, I won't edit that because it's not, it's not like we're playing trivia for prizes or anything, but it was basically who the, the top three WHA penalty minute leaders. And I had mentioned in the other episode that Paul Baxter was number one, which at the time I was like, really? Huh? But he played from 74 to 79. He had 962 minutes. Uh, second was Kim Claxton, 75 to 79. He played, he had 932. And then number three was Cam Connor, 74 to 78. He had 904. Minutes and penalties. So they're your top three WHA all-time penalty minute leaders. Um, then there was one of the, the, the Gordie Howe hat-tricks. I'll, I'll let you think. Who is the all-time leader in Gordie Howe hat-tricks? Let you think about it here. I should have had the Jeopardy song, theme song ready. Uh, Rick Tockett is number one with 18. Uh, tied for second, it was Brenda Shanahan and Brian Sutter with 17. And Wilf Paymont with 16. Oddly enough, the Gordie Howe hat trick and Gordie had two. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's really kind of all the real trivia that I had. I do have some kind of, uh, some fun facts for you that I noticed my boy Yuka there had put up on, on Twitter the other day. Um, he was just talking about Bob Probert and, uh, he was kind of just breaking down. Probert had, uh, 45 two fight games. And he had three three fight games, um, and what, the other one I saw was Rob Ray. He had thirty one two fight games, and he had two three fight games. So I just saw, I just saw that it was interesting. But man, Probert forty five two fight games, man, shit, you can't even get these guys to fight once anymore. Yeah, but unbelievable. But anyway. Um, like I said, well, folks, um, uh, oh, and who scored the last goal in the WHA? I'm just really going with the WHA stuff. Do you guys know who scored the final goal in WHA history? Dave Semenko. There you go. Playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they, they were in the final. Who were they in the, I can't remember who they were in the final with. They lost, but, uh, but it was like 7-2 or whatever the final game was and Semenko had scored the final goal in WHA history. So there you go. Fun fact for you. Man, I, I really wish there was more WHA footage. It's a real shame. Especially fight footage. I would have really liked to have seen Semenko um, in those WHA years. Because um, if you go through newspapers.com, I know Luciano, who does the Dave Semenko. <coughs> pardon me, if you guys are on on Facebook, 
there's a really good group to join. It's a Dave Semenko appreciation page. Luciano started it. Um, I can't remember what episode it was. I believe 170 something. I had I had Luciano on the show. Um, and it was kind of right around the anniversary of Semenko's death. And I had him on, he's a real historian on Dave Semenko. And, uh, it was a really good episode. I, I encourage you guys to go back in the back catalog and check it out. Um, he had a lot of great information and stuff and he's like really gone on newspapers.com and really looked into it and read articles and, um, and he brought up some, some, um, you know, some old WHA stuff and some really early rookie year, uh, Semenko um, stuff that the footage isn't available, but he got the, uh, the kind of the blow by blow description up from the newspaper. And, uh, yeah, and we talk about that, but, uh, if you want to join uh, the Facebook, the Dave Semenko appreciation group on Facebook, he's always putting up pictures of, and the newspaper articles and video. And he has unearthed some video that you might not have seen. So, um, definitely check out the group. Luciano's a good dude and Scott and William and all those guys. Um, there, you know, they, there's some really cool stuff in there. And, uh, I remember Luciano and I talking about it. Um, and like he said, I, I don't think, I, I think that the, we don't get to see the true picture. We don't get to see Semenko's true career. The videos that are out there, there is some earlier stuff, but most of it's kind of that battle of Alberta, kind of that mid eighties and Semenko's still, you know, he's still, you know, he's solid and everything, but you know, and there's the fight with the Lorm and blah, blah, blah. And there's still some good ones, but it's like, overall, I think a lot of Semenko's real solid prime stuff, um, just isn't available and which is a real shame and it's too bad. But, uh, cause you read some of the old articles and stuff. It's like, oof, you know, you'd like to see it, man. But yeah, but anyway, but, uh, yeah, but definitely go check out that Facebook group. It's, uh, and those guys do a great job. And uh, I should get I should get those guys on the show. We should do a roundtable because those guys are really big the hockey historian. You know that late seventies, early eighties stuff. They've done a lot of work, uh, especially Scott and William, like the Winnipeg guys. Um, I've always, I've had William on a few times. I always enjoy having him on as well. And uh, yeah, we should definitely kind of do get a couple of those guys on and kind of do a roundtable thing. And at that point, it's like kind of I I just like to bring up a topic and sit back and listen because those guys. Um, you know, with the knowledge, right? Because that's not uh, the '70s and '80s. I mean, I you know, I know about the guys and whatever, but that's not my wheelhouse. My, I'm a '90s guy, and uh, so um, you know, not even really the '80s. I mean, uh, more '90s and or oh, definitely '90s. And um, so, anytime I can get someone on and we can kind of talk about you know, late '70s, '80s stuff is always is always a plus, and I I, I really enjoy it as far as like you know, just the historical value is, uh, you know, I think is really important. So, um, yeah, well, like I said, folks, as you're listening to this, like I said, it's Saturday night here, but, uh, obviously I haven't left yet, but by the time you're listening to this, I'll be in Las Vegas. Um, so and of course you're surrounded everywhere you go with golden night stuff and everything else. And there is, uh, I don't know some people know this, but there is an American hockey league team in Las Vegas. Well, it's in Henderson. It's a, it's a suburb of Las... Well, it's a city. I always just call it a suburb of Las Vegas. I'm sure the people of Henderson won't like to hear that. Henderson is its own city. Um, did you know, actually, uh, completely off topic, did you know the Las Vegas Strip is, is actually not in the city of Las Vegas? No, it's actually in the city of Paradise. There you go. Paradise, Nevada is where the Las Vegas Strip is. 
I'm like, actually, that's a better paradise. There, that's like a better name than Las Vegas. Where's the strip? It's the Paradise Strip. Oh, come on, that actually sounds pretty good. But yes, Paradise, Nevada. It's in Clark County and uh, Paradise, Nevada. That's where the Las Vegas Strip is located. There you go. But Henderson, the city of Henderson, um, has the Silver Knights, the American Hockey League team. Obviously, I've never been in the. I've been by the arena. It's a beautiful looking arena. Um, yeah, and uh, so that's obviously the Golden Knights farm team, and uh, yeah. And I've been in Las Vegas many times and seen T-Mobile Arena, but I have never gone to a Knights game. I get asked that all the time. Somebody asked me the other day if I'd go to a Knights game. I said, they could be playing in my backyard and I would close the blinds. I have no desire to go waste that much money and go sit and watch a fucking NHL love fest these days. So, no, I'm not. So, before anybody asks me and sends me a deal, no, I'm not going to any Golden Knights games. But... I'll tell you what games I would have went to. I would have went to a uh, Las Vegas Thunder game. I'll tell you that in the old IHL days. Um, I did go to a couple of Wrangler games in the East Coast League. But um, people often sometimes think that, you know, Las Vegas hockey started kind of with the Golden Knights or, or with the Thunder. And that's not, and that's not true. Um, there's actually been minor league hockey in Vegas, um, a number of different incarnations uh, for, a lo- for a long time. And, uh, you know, seeing as I'm in Las Vegas, I figure, uh, let me regale you with the story of some minor league hockey teams. Um, a couple that I did know, a couple that I didn't, that I found interesting in this article. Um, the Las Vegas Gamblers were the California Nevada Hockey League from 1968 to 71. Um, it didn't come with the fanfare that accompanied the city's entry into the NHL. Uh, but semi-pro hockey in this city dates all the way back to 1968. That year, the Las Vegas Gamblers began a senior amateur team, but grew into a semi-pro squad that played in the California-Nevada Hockey League. Although rumors persisted that many of these players were unpaid, which would negate the semi-pro transition. Uh, the same league morphed into the Pacific Southwest Hockey League, and then into the West Coast Hockey League before disbanding in the mid-90s. Uh, before it ceased, uh, the league throughout all of its incarceration, uh, incarcerations uh, housed housed two separate Las Vegas franchises as well as three in Reno, the Gamblers, the Renegades, and the Aces. But yes, the uh, West Coast Hockey League. Um, there you go. Uh, and then 1971 to 1973, the Las Vegas Outlaws, they were an independent team. Uh, the Outlaws were a semi-pro team independently in a single league against a variety of opponents for two seasons. Uh, the unconventional setup, the Outlaws were kind of, were, were just that, Outlaws. Um Put together one of the best single season records of any hockey team in Vegas history. The inaugural 71-72 team went 29-8-4. Their star was a little forward from Lucky Lake, Saskatchewan named Bryant Bogren, who racked up 30 goals and 67 assists in the team's banner year. And then uh, Las Vegas Thunder, the International League, from 1993 to 1999. Um, Las Vegas hockey team, to make a splash in the national... On the national scene, the Thunder stormed their way into the International Hockey League in 1993, averaging more than 8,000 fans a game at the Thomas and Mack Center in their inaugural season. The Thunder ice some of the best and most interesting personalities in the game, either before or in the midst of their NHL careers. Um, yes, Radic Bonk, Alexi Yashin, both first-round NHL draft picks of Ottawa, um, played some of their first North American pro games with the Thunder. Uh, Curtis Joseph, fourth winningest goalie in NHL history, briefly tore up the IHL competition in 95-96 when he's in a contract dispute with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Mayon Rayon, the only woman to ever play in the NHL preseason game with the 1992 Tampa Bay. She played for Thunder in 94-95. 
by the time they exited the IHL in 1999, the Thunder never won a championship but captured a pair of division championships. Yeah, I was a huge, I love the IHL. Of course, if you go back, what was it last month or two, I did an IHL, a couple of IHL episodes. Um, yeah, the Thunder, man, man, they had some tough dudes roll through there. You know, Dean Ewan, Rhett Tromblay, Kite, Toporowski, all those guys. Um, yeah, I love the Las Vegas Thunder. Uh, the Las Vegas Flash, the Roller Hockey International. Remember the RHI? There you go. Mid nineties existed a league called the Roller Hockey International, played games over the summer. Often NHL arenas looking to book dates in the off season. Um, owners ranged from Mark Messier to Tony Danza. There you go. Uh, Vegas twice housed RHI teams. The first one played out of the Thomas and Mack Center, known as the Flash. We'll probably remember more for their colorful logo than playing on the sports floor. The Flash won only 6 of 22 games. Ken Morrow of the Olympic gold medal winning 1980 Miracle on Ice team coached the Flash. Uh, the roster was headlined by Walt Podubny, an NHL veteran with 184 career goals to his name and was playing out the final stretch of his career. Let's uh, hold on. We're I'm going to look up that uh, that roster. The old flash at Rick Turtermaz, leading scorer. Uh, oh, there you go. Scott Daniels played on that team. Nine games at 12 points, 34 minutes of penalties. Uh, Garth Snow played three games. No, he played one game. I laugh. Go- goalie Garth Snow played one game, scored a goal. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Um Troy Frederick, Serge Robert played three games. Huh. Well, there you go. We learned something new. Steve Chelios playing. Oh, yes. The classic RHI. Love it. Um, the Las Vegas Aces in the Pacific Southwest Hockey League, 94-95. The Aces were members of the semi-pro PSHL for one season. Uh, the roster was headlined by Larry Melnick, a Stanley Cup winning defense with the Oilers. Played the NHL in the 80s. After retiring, Melnick made a comeback attempt with the Aces. He and the team only lasted one season. Uh, Mayno Marion played on that team. Wayne Van Dorp was on that team. Mitch Wilson. Gunner the Bounty Hunter Crozenberg. My friend Kurt Walston played on that team. As well as Steve Adams. And um, way back when, on my old platform, it's still up on iTunes and Spotify. Well, it's on the, you know, I brought it over. Um, I interviewed Steve. And uh, it was a really good interview. And... Uh, he actually talked about playing with the Las Vegas Aces. He had some really funny stories and uh, actually a really, uh, really, um, yeah, he, he's a great guest. It was, it was a lot of fun, but uh, uh, yeah. So the Las Vegas Aces, then the uh, Las Vegas Coyotes again, 98, 99 of the, the RHI. And then, uh, Came to Las Vegas Wranglers, the East Coast League, from 2003 to 2015. And they played at the Orleans Casino. And um, the most recent, most memorable hockey team to call Las Vegas home was the East Coast Wranglers. Winning winning records in 9 of 11 seasons, 3 runs to the conference final, 19 players that skated in the NHL. Zany off-ice promotions, uh, including prison uniform night, a special performance by the Blue Man Group. Uh, a combination of on-ice success and off-ice shenanigans made the Wranglers a hockey standard in this town for a long time. And in the end, the Wranglers served as the final professional hockey team in this town, leading to the Las Vegas arrival in the NHL in 2016. Um, yeah, the Wranglers games were a lot of fun. Um, I went to a couple of them because uh, we always stay actually at the Orleans when we go to Vegas. And I ended up getting free tickets, and my dad and I went. And uh, that was a good game. Um, it was kind of cool to sit in a rink with shorts on. That was kind of odd. And, uh, you know, a couple, uh, gotta say, some hot females coming around in the old halter tops, uh, $2 buds and Budweiser's. And, uh, 
in the aluminum bottles there and drinking those and uh, watching some hockey. It was uh, it was a good time and uh, the crowd was a pretty good crowd. Um, you know, it was definitely you know three or four thousand. I mean, they definitely had their diehards there. They had their own section. You know, with all their you know the jerseys and everything on and uh, yeah, my dad and I had a lot of fun at you at you at actually at the game and uh, and I've often read about the you know the crazy off ice. Um, you know, the promotions and stuff that the team did. I think they won, like, minor league, like, promotion of the year for a bunch of years in a row, and uh, they were always doing something crazy, which, you know, anybody that listens, you know, knows my love of carny shit. I hate when the NHL does carny shit, but when the minors do it, I love it. Um, So, yeah, and then, of course, obviously, with the the success with the Knights, but um, it was always funny when... When the Knights, I know they were talking about Vegas getting an NHL team. Oh, hockey won't last in Vegas. They don't, like, no, hockey has been in Vegas for a long time. And the Wranglers are very successful. Like, from, obviously, they weren't 18,000 people or anything. But for the Orleans Arena and stuff, the Wranglers always drew decent for minor league hockey. And, uh, you know, they definitely had a, and the same with the IHL. I mean, you know, fairly solid um, attendance-wise. Um you know, so the base for hockey was there. This wasn't like it was new shit when the Knights showed up. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, there you go. I, I, I thought seeing as I'm in Las Vegas, I figured I would, I would uh, give you some Las Vegas hockey history for those that didn't know. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, yes, <laughs> for those that, for that didn't ask, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, how about we get into this player spotlight here with Bill Heward? I'm going to hit you with some sponsors and, uh, THPN folks, sign up for DraftKings, do some gambling here. I'm, you know, you gotta keep the lights on around here, <laughs> but uh, I'll be right back. And now here's a word from our sponsor. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, Connor Bedard's back. Anytime scoring prop for him is plus 330. Oilers. The favorite Stanley Cup futures ticket, plus 700 right now, followed by Boston and Colorado at plus 850. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, let's get into this player spotlight, shall we? Uh, with, uh, Bill Heward. Uh, Bill Heward, uh, June 24th, 1967, born in Welland, Ontario, uh, 6'1, 220. Um, uh, big dude, man. Um, I know I had, um, I talked to Doug Smith about Heward, uh, as him and, and they've gotten to know each other over the years. And, um, yeah, he, uh, 
of course, um, um, Doug Smith played with, uh, with Heward in Carolina, um, when they won the championship that year. And again, if you want to go back, check out my back catalog. I have a really good interview with Doug Smith. That's one, um, now this isn't me saying it. This is what I've been told. It was the most, like, cause Doug's been on all the podcasts that, you know, everybody knows the story and everything, the, the movie, the book, all that stuff. Um, um, and he's made the rounds on all the podcasts over the years, but I've been, Again, this is not me saying it. This is what I've been told that my interview was, um, you know, the most thorough and uh, uncovered a lot of. Um, we talked about some stuff that he had never really talked about before, and um, and got his actually his real his honest take on the movie and uh, you know and uh, training guys and etc. I, I really encourage you to go back and check it out. It was a really good interview. I really enjoyed it, and I've I've known Doug for a long time. We talked on the old message board days and and everything like that, but. Um, so I had, I had a lot of fun, um, sitting down and talking with them. And, uh, I think you guys should really check it out. Um, but obviously in that interview, we talked about Bill Heward and playing on Carolina and everything else. So, um, yeah, so that was just a little connection, um, connection there. But, uh, yeah, um, I will say, you know, going through the, uh, Bill's fights, um, Man, the guy could change hands pretty seamless. Um, I'd love to sit down and chat with him, uh, about, he's had to have taken boxing. Um, cause he just, it's too, he's just too fluid, uh, with the way he switches and stuff. It's, um, you know, we got power in both, but he mostly lefty, but just, um, you know, uh, really, really solid, um, just a really solid fighter, uh, tough guy, uh, you know, came up, the, came up the hard way, put in the miles, um, you know, undrafted, um, you know, played, played the one year there, the, the early years of the East Coast League, and then, um, you know, caught on with Utica, with the Devils, um, yeah, just look at that, you know, the Nashville Knights in the East Coast League, 89-90, met 34 games, he had 24 goals, 212 minutes, like, yeah, and then uh, got picked up by Utica, 72 games, 11 goals, 359 minutes, 62 games, 233 penalty minutes, and, um, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, going through his fight card, Jim McKenzie, Serge Robert, um, you know, Rob Ray, when Ray was in Rochester, then the following year when he's in the American League, you know, uh, you know, uh, catches Bruce Shudabata, Mike Struthers, Dennis Vial. Uh, Rudy Poshek, uh, Jimmy Nill, Brett Severn, Kirk Tomlinson. I mean, he's fighting everybody uh, in that season in, in Utica. Um, you know, Mark Jansen, Robert Fleming, Richie Walcott, Todd Gillingham again, Kirk Tomlinson a bunch of times. Um, you know, so, I mean, he's really putting in work. And um, I know there is some Utica stuff out there. I should actually... I should pick. I should pick up um, a Bill Hewitt. I mean, somebody's got to have a obviously a Bill Heward uh, player tape or DVD. Um, listen to me dating myself, but it would be it'd be really interesting, like to get a real thorough one that has a bunch of his American League stuff. I'd really like to see that because um, it was one of those things. Just an underrated guy. Uh, didn't get a lot of press. Like I said, played in those shitty Ottawa teams at the start, and then in Dallas, and you know, this is the mid nineties. I mean, obviously there wasn't. I mean, there was satellite, obviously, but I mean, it, it was a lot harder to see teams if they weren't on Hockey Night Canada or on sports, TSN, blah, blah, blah. So, um, he did play for the Oilers for, um, you know, the one season there. Um, so you got to see him a bit there, but yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, not really, you know, and, uh, 
thing that surprised me, and I, I'd love to, again, I'd love to sit down with Bill. I've talked to, he, he, we follow each other on social media. I've talked to him about coming on the show. I know he's uh, either, he's coming out with a book or he has come out with it. Um, and he talked about kind of wanting to come on and promote that, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was more like, I kind of want to talk about your fighting and shit in your career. And I don't know if he's really gung-ho to talk about that stuff. Um, I think he's kind of moved on and, and I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, kind of want to talk about these Utica days and stuff like that and all these fights. Right. So, um, I'll work on them. We'll see what happens. But, um, I was going to say, cause I'd like to see that 92, 93 season. He plays a he plays a full season with the Providence Bruins. It's the American Hockey League. 72 games. Scores 18 goals, 19 assists for 37 points, 302 minutes of penalties. Then in six playoff games, scores three points. And, um, it was, it, I'm just, and you look at his fight, you know, LaForge, Dean Chanel, uh, Jim Kite, Curran, Donald Brashear. Um, the Brashear fight is on my YouTube channel, actually. Um, he, he gives it to Brashear pretty good. Um, Tomlinson again, Jim Cummins a couple of times, Darren Langdon, you know, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, and the dude puts it like 20 fights, 300 minutes, 18 goals. Uh, he gets two games up with the Bruins that season and that's it. They let him go and Ottawa picks him up. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like whole, American Hockey League, 18 goals, 300 minutes, 20 some fights and nothing. Oh, good job, Boston. Who was what? 92-93. Like, who were... Yeah, well, that's Brian Sutter's team, Matt. Oh, they were, although they were 51-26. and 26, A pretty solid team. Who'd they have for toughness back then? Uh, well, they had Featherstone, Brent Hughes. Darren Banks, briefly. Mm, it's a pretty soft group. I mean, they had Neely... Well, kind of 13 games that year. That was kind of it for him. Um, oh, pardon me, Darren. I missed that. Darren, that's the, the year they had Darren, Darren Kimball there. Um, you know, he's still 23 years old. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so I guess you're not going to... Well, that, I guess, they're 51 and 26, so it's kind of hard to argue. Um, I guess, obviously, they felt uh, Kimball was the way to go instead of uh, instead of Heward. Um, but, yeah, 22 fights in 72 games. I mean, but... Um, his break though, at 26 years old, finally gets a full-time NHL gig, 93, 94 with the Ottawa Senators. Played 63 games, had two goals, two assists, 162 minutes, 20 fights. Um, yeah, had a, the preseason there. He had a couple battles with Jay Caulfield in one game, and then Alan May and Craig Berube in the a game against Washington. And, um, where are my notes here? Um, yeah, his very first regular season NHL fight is October 21st, 1993 against Shane Churlove of Dallas. Um, and it's, uh, and it's a quick one right off the, right off the draw. Kind of a real quick toe to toe. Well, real quick toe to toe with Shane Churlove. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, solid intro, uh, to the, uh, to the Ottawa fans. And, uh, yeah, ends up, uh, you know, having Paul Laws, Mario Barish, Mick Fakota, Rick Tockett, Lyle Odeline. Um, Rudy Poshek, uh, Ciccone, Gino Ojic. I mean, he's got some big names on his card. Um, one, um, a really solid fight that he had was with, um, Sandy McCarthy, who at that time is in Calgary and basically kind of the champ of the league. And, uh, you know, they have a really long square off and, um, kind of, you know, uh, Sandy basically kind of takes over. I mean, um, 
Heward fires some, like the refs kind of jump in and Heward fires off some lefts at the time, you know, when they're off balance. But I mean, overall, I'd give Sandy the W, but, um, at the time it was just a real, you know, solid showing against the league champ. And then, uh, you know, he finished the season off, uh, with a two fight, uh, game in Buffalo fighting Randy Moeller and Rob Ray. And, uh, I, I will say the Ray, it's 93. This is still kind of early Rob Ray. Um, yeah, they, they, it's like right off the, again, right off the face off. And, uh, of course, Ray's jersey comes off and he's completely naked, but, uh, uh, Heward's landed him and he lands a really hard right on Ray and puts him down. Didn't like, can't, they go down together, but he, you know, the momentum was going. He really, he, uh, definitely picked up the W on Ray. And, uh, but it was just a real strong first season there in Ottawa. And, uh, again, going through and watching these fights, it's like, Again, seamlessly changing hands. It was really impressive, actually. And, uh, and Heward, you could tell, like, he's about six, six one, but he's really thick. And I know the announcers a bunch of times talk about how big he is, like his, how big his shoulders and everything are. And, um, you know, it's like when you're taking your gear off, the guy gets bigger. It's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of what described Heward, right? He's pretty jacked. You could tell he's pretty jacked up, dude. And, um, but yeah, and that, um, and then, so that was his uh, first full season there in Ottawa. The f- the following season, um, he starts off in Ottawa. He plays 26 games. It's the 94-95 season, of course, which is the lockout year. And uh, he plays 26 games in Ottawa. Starts the year, has 12 fights. So he's really rolling. Uh, and then he gets traded to Quebec. And with Quebec, he plays seven games. Gets two goals, two assists. And has one fight. And then... Um, Obviously, the following season, uh, Quebec goes to Colorado, and and he's let go. But um, that brief kind of run before the before the strike hits um, in the preseason, again he, he likes the two fight games in the preseason. He play he plays against Quebec, which is probably which gave Quebec the idea. Um, he actually has a really solid fight with Wendell Clark. It sounds so weird to say Wendell Clark playing in Quebec. Um, and also the fight, obviously the fights that I'm talking about on here and describing, um, uh, are all on, uh, YouTube. So, uh, you can definitely, you know, you don't have to just take my word for it. You can definitely, as we're going along here, you can check it out. But, um, yeah, the, the Wendell one, like, starts off quick and Wendell tags him with a couple, couple rights, but then, uh, uh, Heward comes back and lands two real solid lefts on Clark. And, uh, there's some angry punches. It doesn't go for long. It's quick, but there's some solid shots landed. And then, unfortunately, um, Chris Simon, who was, uh, pretty much a rookie at the time with Quebec, I mean, he's going to stick up for Clark, right? He goes after Heward right off the faceoff. And, uh, they start strong. And Simon's kind of starting strong. And it's, it's fan camcorder footage or something because the fans all stand up and then because it's a preseason game and you don't get to see it so unfortunately we see Simon start off strong and then over the one fan's shoulder you can kind of see them glide out to center ice and they're swinging and stuff but yeah it's uh it's unfortunate the fan stands up but I would have liked to have seen that one um, and another one that I would have liked to seen is uh in September 27th uh, he fights Dave Brown twice and in one of them um, it's, he, he catches Brown with a, he gets Brown's kind of his jersey up and over Brown's head and he catches Brown with a left and, uh, he busts him up, which is very rare. So, you know, um, 
you know, Ottawa, he's making the team there, you know, had the big fight with Wendell, Simon and Brown right in the preseason. So he's making a statement and, uh, you know, right out of the gate, um, you know, he fights Bukaboom and then Leach. And of course, Brown wants the rematch. Um, I, I, then the regular season, the rematch wasn't very much, uh, not too much, but, uh, he does fight, uh, Ray twice again in that season. And, um, and then when he goes to, uh, and one of the, one of the Ray fights is the last one, April 14th, uh, when he's playing, it's his lone fight with Quebec. He fights Rob Ray. Um, and a pretty good, actually, um, uh, you know, some, some, some wild swings. It's a pretty good tilt with Ray, actually. And, uh, it's weird. Heward's wearing number 15. It's like, was that a thing in Quebec? Cause, cause, uh, Twist was 15, Kimball was 15, and, and Heward was 15. So that must have been what they were giving their tough guys at the time. Um, but as I said, he gets, uh, uh, Quebec goes to, in 95, 96, Quebec goes to Colorado. Um, he plays a couple preseason games with Colorado. He fights Scott Daniels and Kevin Sawyer. Um, and then he's actually sent to the IHL. And that's where he fights Steve McLaren. And, uh, and then he gets picked up off of waivers by Dallas. And December 15th, he, uh, his first fight with Dallas is against Dave Roach. And then December 23rd, he fights Bob Probert in Dallas. And, um, it, it's, um, it's an interesting fight. It's definitely Heward early on. And then Prober comes back and actually lands some really solid shots and knocks, uh, Heward's helmet off and stuff, but it's a, it's nasty fight. And, um, you know, but good showing by Heward, you know, in Dallas early on, you know, we could take on Probert. And then later that week, um, they're in, they're in Dallas. They're still in Dallas. Detroit comes and he fights Stu Grimson. And, um, you know, they're both kind of going and it was funny. They both sort of, they get each other strung out and they both kind of bring the huge, he brings the left, Stewie brings the right. And, uh, it looks like Stu kind of connected, but, uh, you know, it was kind of a wild fight, but, uh, but again, really strong, um, showing against Probert and Grimson. And then, um, then the faithful fight in Philadelphia versus Sean Antosky. Um, I know on Drop Your Gloves, I'm looking at his fight card on Drop Your Gloves. I know on Drop Your Gloves, and it's it's listed as a TKO loss. Um, so and I'm watching it, and it's kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, Heward's going with the lefts, and then, you know, Antoski's hanging in there, and it's it's not a bad fight, but Antoski throws kind of this weird, almost like hammer punch kind of. I don't know if it really hit him. Like, Heward goes down, but it's like, I, it wasn't like he was out or anything, but I don't know if I'd call it a TKO. I... I I don't think so. I think it was a momentum punch, but maybe again, this is why I'd like to talk to Heward about it. But, um, but he's pissed about something and he's mad and he's barking at Antosky and Antosky kind of gives him the finger guns and they're really yapping in the penalty box and stuff. So obviously there was some, you know, um, some shit going on with, between those two. But, uh, uh, and then later in the season, he fights Ty Domi. Um, that one's pretty wild. I mean, they're both throwing lefts, but Domi really gets a spin cycle going. And he's kind of got um, Heward kind of strung out, and they're spinning really fast. And, and Domi's landed some lefts. You know how Domi does it. and uh, So I definitely give Domi the W. But um, I would say the next fight, though, um, March 20th, again, in Dallas versus Tony Twist, who at that time... Tony Twist is kind of the champ of the league. He was really cruising, didn't lose many fights, real kind of known as the kingpin of the league. And let me tell you, this is probably the fight of Heward's career in the NHL because he buckles Twist. Um, he catches, Twist kind of starts off quick with the two rights, but then uh, I could tell you Heward comes back and he catches uh, he catches Twist and busts him up. I believe he broke Twist's nose. 
And, uh, yeah, he caught him good, and, and Twist went down. God, you know, God, it wasn't like, oh, they had to carry him off or anything, but he was, uh, he was feeling it, and you could, you could see in the replay, he snapped Twist's head back, and then the second shot put him down. So that's probably, um, you know, I would say as far as the NHL goes, uh, that was, that was probably the biggest, uh, win in Heward's career. And, uh, against a prime champ, Tony Twist. Yeah. That, um, I know that's the fight. I, I don't know what fight tape it was. I, you know, again, mid nineties, I got my VHS tapes going. And one night I remember I probably sit in the big chair watching my tapes and, um, the, um, who is this Bill Heward guy? You know, I didn't know who he was at the time. Again, there's no internet. There's no nothing. And he's an OHL guy. So I didn't know who he was. And all of a sudden it's like, who the fuck just dropped twist? Who, you know, and, uh, you, man, there you go. And it's just like, you know, son of a bitch, you know, guy, guy buckles a prime twist. You pay, you pay attention after. So, um, yeah, it, uh, big, it was a big season for, uh, for, uh, Heward that year. Um, uh, the following year, 96-97 in Dallas, he's 29 years old, plays 40 games, 5 goals, 6 assists, 105 minutes, um, uh, 9 fights. Um, what do I got here written down? Um, oh, I'm, uh, where are my notes here? Oh, yeah, the Coaster fight. Yeah, he fights Joey Coaster. Um you know, and, and Joey's return back with, uh, with Detroit. And, uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting fight. Coaster, um, it starts off quick, but Coaster kind of gets knocked off balance. And as he's going down, Heward catches him with one and, uh, ends up falling on top of him. And I don't know if it's someone's finger ends up like poking Heward in the eye. And I think it's Coaster because Coaster's kind of got a hold of his neck of, of Heward's, uh, jersey. And when they fall to the ice, his hand kind of goes up into Heward's face. And he, I think he pokes him in the eye. And Heward is pissed and lands a shot on Coaster when they're on the ice when the refs are on top of them. Um, Coaster really doesn't say much when they get up, though. He doesn't look like, he, you know, but Heward's pointing to his eye and he's, you can tell he's pretty pissed. It doesn't seem like a move, because the fight didn't really... Um, like, I don't think, I don't remember Coaster ever being known as a dirty fighter doing anything like that. And the fight probably didn't really warrant that. Um, I think it was more when he went down, he was still holding Heward's jersey. And I think his finger might have went up into his eye, uh, when they hit the ice. But, uh, yeah, there's some heat over this one. But, uh, but again, Heward looking strong. Um, and then the final fight of the year, he fights Enrico Ciccone. Uh, Ciccone throws a shot on a, on a Dallas guy and Heward comes flying in and picks up the instigator, but he completely controls the fight with Ciccone. And, um, it was interesting watching this to go off subject here. Man, I, there is a guy, I will say there's a guy I never was a fan of was Enrico Ciccone. Um, I know he came up with a lot of hype in the IHL, put up a lot of penalty minutes and stuff. I just never got it with him. I just, you know, I watched Ciccone fight and I was just kind of, you know, big lanky guy. No, I'm like, oh, he's a pussy. Like, I'm not saying that, but big lanky guy and stuff. But I just never got the whole thing with Ciccone. I'm like, nah, you know, um, yeah. And of course, we've, we know what he's gone on as a politician and what he's done to the Quebec Junior League. But, um, yeah, no, in terms of a player, yeah, I never got the Ciccone thing, to be honest. But, uh. Anywho, we we move on to uh, to ninety seven ninety eight. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably boring the shit out of everybody, but ninety seven ninety eight's um, Heward's uh, uh, oh, basically his final 
full season in the NHL. He's 30 years old, plays for the Oilers. Plays 30 games, 72 minutes, has nine fights. Because um, in the following year, he plays uh, plays three games with the Oilers and has one preseason fight. But um, it's interesting. He uh, one of the fights he has in the preseason with Jamie Linden. He's actually kind of a tough guy. He is, uh, tre- of course, Trevor Linden's older brother. Um, you know, picked up a lot of minutes in the Western League. Um, yeah, tough dude. Uh, Mark Jansen's, and he had a, and he has a really good fight, a preseason fight. It's round three with Sandy McCarthy. And again, Sandy, man, this is what Sandy's really cruising. He's in Calgary. And, um, this is actually a really solid, this is a really great fight. Definitely check it out. Go on YouTube, McCarthy, uh, keyword round three. Um, yeah, they, they beat the shit out of each other. McCarthy's got gets his right loose out of his jersey, and they're going. And Hewer's tossing the left. Really solid fight. Um, then to start the season, uh, Hewer fights uh, Chris Murray, who's playing in Ottawa at the time. And I, you know, I love me some Chris Murray. Uh, and again, it's just a real solid back and forth, good tilt. Both taking turns, basically smacking each other, and it's a real solid bout. And uh, yeah, definitely check out those two fights. Um, Heward's final fight of that year was against Calgary Flames call up Rocky Thompson. And, um, that's a tough fight. They're going, they're going back and forth and Rocky's got that unorthodox kind of chuck and duck style. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of ducked and he catches over Heward with an over the top left and, uh, kind of catches him in the helmet. The helmet goes flying from the angle on, on hockey net in Canada. It looks like he kind of buckles, um, Heward. I don't think he did. I think he knocked his helmet and got him off balance, caught him with one. But I don't think it was a KO. Like, Hewer gets up and everything, so it wasn't like a KO or anything. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, pretty good shot. Oh, another fight. I'm sorry. The, the fight before that, uh, he actually fights Brashear. And you know, Brashear's probably been looking for this one to get rematch, to get the revenge from their American League fight five years earlier. But, uh, this one, Brashear's in Vancouver, kind of really coming into his own. And, um, it's a, it's a real quick fight. It's a typical Brashear fight, like kind of the in tight, kind of the high, Side head nookies, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of those side head shots. But he's controlling it. You can see a lot stronger, and it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, it's interesting how what five years does to a guy. Um, again, if you go back and look, uh, if you type in Heward and Brashear, the American League fight will come up. It's on my channel. You watch that because it's not a bad fight either. But you can just see the difference in a young. Well, they're both young, but Brashear's really young in Fredericton at the time. And then go, and then you fast forward five years later to what he is in Vancouver. And it's just, uh, you can just see the difference in the, in the quality of fighter that Brashear became. But, uh, yeah. Uh, after that, yeah, like I said, he, uh, he, he moves on to the IHL with the Houston, uh, Houston Arrows, um, in the IHL. He plays a little bit in the American League, goes back to the IHL in Orlando and, and wraps it up. Um, he actually ended up playing, um, I think John Searson and I talked about this. He played one game with the London Knights in 2000-2001. Uh, he scored a goal and uh, and and then apparently got into a fight with Clayton Norris, it says on here. Um, Clayton Chuck Norris. And uh, and that is the end of the Bill Heward career. So his final NHL totals, he played 223 games. He had 16 goals, 18 assists for 34 points, 594 minutes of penalties, and he picked up 73 Fighting majors, according to Drop the Gloves. And, um, yeah, um, you know, solid career. It's, you know, you always wish the guys kind of had, you know, got more time. But uh, it was, like I guess, go down that Heward rabbit hole. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, he, again, another guy, 
I, I was really impressed the way he seamlessly switched hands. Predominantly left, the left with his power hand, but yeah, you could watch these fights. He'll, uh, he'll go with both and, uh, and not afraid, like against bigger competition, he, he had no problem. Like some guys will, you know, against, you know, if you're going to Probert or, you know, whatever, you're going to stay with your power hand, obviously. But, um, you know, against McCarthy and guys like that, he'd switch up. So he had, obviously he had confidence in both hands. Um, but yeah, real fun, uh, rabbit hole to go down. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I actually, and like I said at the start here, um, I really, I'm really looking into some Utica stuff I'd like to get or, or Heward, uh, player, player DVD and, uh, and, and go down that rabbit hole and check out all this stuff, especially when you can watch it all in one sitting and you kind of just, you can get the real, and especially if it's an, if, if player DVDs are done right. And they're in chronological order, as best as chronological order you can be. Yeah, I mean, you don't have his NHL fights, then his junior stuff, then his minor league stuff. You know, I hate when the guys used to do that. But if you can get them in chronological order and you can really see a guy develop, player, a really good player DVD is a, is a real fun watch if it's done right. And, uh, I'd like to get a, a, a Hewer DVD and, uh, just to, just to see that progression throughout the minors and then, uh, into the NHL. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun checking out Bill Heward. That was a fun player spotlight and it's something that I should definitely do more of. And there's lots of guys, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, the one thing I, I, I always try to do with the player spotlight though, as I said, is, you know, um, because I mean, I have some player DVDs and there's a bunch of fights that aren't on YouTube. Well, I'm not going to watch a player DVD and, oh, you, it's too bad you couldn't see this fight because it's really good. No, I mean, I'll go buy the fights that are on YouTube so everybody can watch them as I'm talking about them or go back and, you know, watch them after you listen to the show, which again, I really encourage you to do because, um, yeah, Heward was a lot of fun. And, uh, definitely, uh, worthwhile checking out. So, and a bunch of his minor league stuff is on, um, like there are some Utica stuff that is on, um, on YouTube. So again, I encourage you to check out all this stuff. Um, yeah, there we go. Big bad Billy Heward. So, but I want to thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, this, uh, this special, the Las Vegas, uh, vacation episode of the, uh, of the podcast. And, uh, and like I said, guys, um, Again, I'm recording this on Saturday night. It's now 11 o'clock at night. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have an episode for you next Wednesday as you're listening to this because I'll still be in Las Vegas. Um, I'm going to try to do some. Uh, I work to Sunday in the morning. I'm going to. Tr- I don't know really what we're doing later. Um, I mean, obviously, got to pack and get ready, but um, later in the afternoon and stuff, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. I, maybe I'll try to record something so I can have something for both Wednesdays while I'm gone. But I wanted to make sure I had at least one episode when I'm gone for the two weeks. So that is this one. So I'm not going to make any promises. Maybe there'll be something there next Wednesday. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, at, at any rate, um, I will talk to you guys on the Sunday when I get I get back on the first. So I will talk to you on uh, what's the first Friday? It's the second, uh, the third. I will talk to you on March third for sure on the Sunday and you know give you a, a, a Vegas wrap up and hopefully. Uh, hopefully I can tell you about some winnings or at least some, maybe some funny stories that happened or something, but, uh, you know, something goofy always will happen. It always does. So, um, but yeah, I hope you check in and, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll keep you, uh, we got the laptop with us in the hotel room and you got to take a break every once in a while. So I'll be on there still yapping on my social media again, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook and, uh, check out the YouTube channel over 2200 videos on there. And, uh, please subscribe to the channel. If you watch a video you like, give it the thumbs up and, um, uh, 
Yeah, guys, whatever platform you're listening to this to on iTunes, Spotify, rate the show. It helps me on the algorithms. Uh, any podcast that you listen to, give it the star rating. It's at the top of the Spotify or on the iTunes thing because it helps out that content creator. And uh, download, don't stream because that's how we get paid. But, uh, yes, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Like I always say, there's a million podcasts out there. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I really do greatly appreciate it. I'm very humbled by it. And, uh yeah, guys, it's, uh, it's, I always try to, uh, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. Like a good teammate, I wanted to bring you something. I don't know how great this episode was, but, uh, I, I wanted to give you something to listen to anyway. So, uh, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. But, um, yeah, guys, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, my DMs are open on social media, as the kids say. And if you're not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us. Uh, but you can send me an email, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email and, uh, you know, critique the show, give me, uh, give me your uh, thoughts on it, good, bad, or otherwise, or if you have a sh- uh, topic you want to talk about or want to come on the show, anything, just drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you guys. I always enjoy hearing from fellow fans. So uh, with that, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, uh, as you're listening, like I said, hopefully I'm on the casino floor, hopefully winning some cash, but I know for one thing, I'll be drinking some Miller Lights and uh, enjoying vacations. So uh, maybe I'll run into Nick Papa Giorgio while I'm down there. Hopefully he's wearing his corrective lenses. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?